What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. It's been a wild and crazy week this week when it comes to superhero news, particularly when it comes to Marvel superhero news. I don't think we have anything DC on the slate this week. It was pretty quiet on that front. But uh, the Marvel stuff got really chaotic. It was hard to follow in some instances. Um, pretty much a range of emotions uh, trying to figure out the future of the MCU moving forward. A lot of disappointing stuff, a lot of exciting stuff. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Joining me are my co-hosts today, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, uh, what caught your attention the most uh, this, this, in this wild week with uh, the whole Spider-Man stuff and the D23 happening at the end of the week? Uh, so the Snyder Cut, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to go into this whole Snyder Cut, though Momoa said he did see it and he liked it, but, you know, I'm not going to bring up any Snyder Snyder news, um, no disrespect to Zack Snyder, I like Snyder, but, um, of course, the most exciting thing, uh, I think is all these Disney Plus shows, these new Disney Plus shows and the, and the Disney Plus news, um, I mean, I'm partial. To, I'm you know partial to Star Wars, so of course I think the Mandalorian is the most exciting thing. But uh, check out the Imperial broadcast if you want to hear about that. Um, it's going to be a YouTube uh, breakdown. Yes, of, uh, and Mandalorian. there will be a YouTube discussion as well. So look forward yeah, to that. Be up soon. But it's not up already um, by the time you listen. But yeah, I'm absolutely stoked for the Disney Plus show. So I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. Kendall is on the show. Well, he joins us from Philadelphia. Kendall. Um, as I said to Shamari, this has been a wild uh, week. What have you? Uh, uh, what caught your attention the most this week? Yeah, what's up, BJ? Um, what's up, Shamari? Uh, been plenty of interesting topics. Uh, obviously, with D twenty three, it was being discussed all the way, going all the way back to. I mean, we look forward to D twenty three, you know, as a yearly event. But um, going back to Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, when we had that big wave from Marvel um, that there were some people on the inside saying, look, you guys thought this was crazy. Wait for D23. And Marvel certainly uh, delivered on that front. Uh, Disney as a whole <laughs> certainly delivered uh, on that front with their Disney Plus panel um, and their Disney Movies panel, Walt, their Walt Disney Studios panel. So, um, I mean, plenty of plenty of interesting Marvel nuggets to talk about. Uh, again, like Shamari said, the Disney Plus stuff, some new stuff, some some new news regarding stuff we already know about, um, mm-hmm. and some 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 movie news that should that should be uh, interesting. Can fans go to D twenty three, or is that just an only media event? No, fans can go. Yeah, you have to be Absolutely. like a Disney, uh, like you know, subscriber type thing. Like yeah, you have to be like uh, I was getting yeah. emails from Disney because I get their I get their movies and whatnot. Um, I was getting an email saying, "Oh, come to D twenty three. They invite people, like fans, but it's for but fans, it's exclusive. But, yeah, but it's yeah. exclusive to people. Yeah, it don't seem like yeah. it's, it's not like Comic Con. Yeah, it's not like Comic Con because it could it's be. Not... <laughs> That's the thing is that like they have enough interest that it could be, but the the scene I was seeing it never looked that crazy. Yeah, it looked very they, like, they, they, looked they very use, professional. They use D twenty three to get more people, you know, attached to the Disney brand." Yeah, you know, I, it's like fans. I'm from a fan perspective. They I mean, the stuff looks so cool. Like part of me was just wondering, like, like for the money they're investing. I mean, they they are on their own campus, so it's not like they're got to mm-hmm. rent out any other venue. But I was wondering for the money they 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 shell out to like put this event on. 
if you're not selling that many tickets, like, are you getting the investment? I'm sure they are, but I I was thinking about this business model this whole week because I was like, it's such an interesting thing. Like, no other company does anything like this. Like, it's almost like E3. It kind of reminds me of E3. Like, but, like, for an entertainment company. It's really crazy. Um, But, uh, yeah, this was was wild. Uh, We're going to start the show this week discussing the Spider-Man Sony MCU debacle. I think that's a fair way to describe what happened this week. So, uh, pretty much the world stopped uh, earlier this week when it was a uh, first. I think uh, I think Deadline had a story first. So shout out to them. Uh, they announced that Spider Man would indeed be, be be getting pulled out of the MCU. Um, there's been varying, varying reports and rumors about what exactly the issue is between Marvel and DC, uh, rather Marvel and Disney and Sony, but it seems to center around money. So if there's any one aspect of it that's clear is that money seems to be an issue. Uh, apparently, at, despite the fact that Marvel reached that billion dollar mark to allow them to have control over Spider-Man for the next movie, they... Could not come to an agreement because Disney apparently went back to the negotiating table, or at least created a negotiating table, because there was a deal already in place for uh, for uh, Marvel and Warner and, and Disney to only receive five percent of essentially the first weekend sales of the Spider-Man movie in terms of first ticket revenue. And Disney was like, "We want fifty, allegedly." Um, I've heard that number is to go down. They actually asked for thirty. I heard them say they went to fifty, and then they asked for thirty, and Sony. At some point in time, whether it was after the 50 mark or the 30 mark, just told Disney to kick rocks. That is how the story has been presented uh, by most fronts. Sony came out with a statement on Twitter saying that that story was kind of being uh, mischaracterized. I think it was the exact word they used. They said that it seemed to be an issue with Disney deciding that uh, Feige just should not be get, should not be working on this property and they, when they don't own it. And that fight, they even said that fight might be too busy. Um, so they, they kind of put it more on Disney pulling uh, their talent in Feige from Sony, not Sony pulling Tom Holland Spider Man from Disney. So this has been a very public feud all week. We, it was interesting because we were all wondering what Tom Holland was thinking about this. He unfollowed Sony earlier in the week on social media, and that kind of threw everyone into a frenzy. He, his first picture after the whole situation went down was a picture of him with Robert Downey Jr. saying, uh, we did it, Mr. Stark. And that threw people in a tizzy. Then he showed up at D23, which also got people saying, what's going to happen? Is there going to be some announcement? And in fact... It was quite the opposite of what I think a lot of people were hoping for and expecting. Holland was very, I would say, pessimistic about there being some kind of future. He basically was like, look, we did five movies. It was really awesome. And I'm gonna, I enjoyed my time in MCU. But, like, I'm going to still keep playing Spider-Man. And there's a lot of great stuff coming in the future. And Feige kind of echoed his sentiments basically kind of along those same lines, saying that this was never going to be a forever thing. We always knew this was a finite situation. And that, you know, we're going to have to just move on with how we're in place. So, a lot to unpack. Shamari, where do you think things stand right now? Or how do you how do you interpret how, where things stand now? And where do you think they end up when the decisions really have to be made about what the future is for Spider-Man and the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because clearly, the MCU is, has to be thrown into a frenzy. 
and and maybe even borderline chaos, considering we know that they were planning on Spider-Man being one of the faces for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is... Uh, it's very unfortunate. Uh, I want to know what Feige's reaction was when... Um, whoever was sent, whether it was Alan Horn, whether it was someone else, some other uh, money people, legal negotiators, whoever they might have sent to this negotiating table, told Kevin Feige, yeah, we couldn't reach a deal. <laughs> I want to know what his reaction was uh, to that news, you know, because, I mean, he has to present a more positive front because he's, he's running the ship and he has to he he can't be like oh my god I don't know what I'm gonna do you know he I mean he can't he can't show that kind of presence so I mean he has to kind of try to spin this positively but it really um, uh, I it really is unfortunate I mean it's clear that Ho- Tom Holland doesn't know what's going on and I wouldn't expect him to know what's going on he has to kind of take it the news as we get it which as far as we know right now is they're at an impasse there's nothing they can't they don't agree. They don't like the deal that they're in. Disney and, and Sony can't reach a deal, so this is just what it is now. Yeah. Now, moving forward, if this is how it is, and Tom Holland Holland is just going to be making Spider-Man movies in the Sony Spider-slash-Venom universe, then, uh, I mean, I can live with that. It's going to be very weird. I think it's going to be, personally, now this may be, I don't know if this is a hot take or controversial opinion or whatever. I think it's going to be more weird in the Sony-verse or the or the Tom Holland, the new Tom Holland Spider-verse with no Avengers rather than with the MCU with no Spider-Man. Because MCU has so many other people in it. You know, you can kind of, you can make up whatever you need to make up. You know, oh, whatever the kid is doing, whatever you know, it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't, yeah, it, you know, with, with 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 Peter, so much of how they wrote him was surrounding Tony Stark and surrounding being an Avenger, yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's gonna be really weird when he shows up in Venom and there's no mention of Infinity War or the Infinity Saga or the Blip or the Snap or whatever. It's just gonna be like that didn't happen. He's just Spider-Man, and that's just – there's no Tony Stark. There's no Tony Stark tech. There's no nothing. <laughs> well, I told you guys – I mean, I that's going to be really I told, odd. I told you guys off air, and I'm going to say it on the show. To me, the only the only way for me that I would have I, – look, I do this podcast. We do this YouTube channel. I'm going to watch whatever Sony does. But let's say if I wasn't and I was just a fan – Mm-hmm. The only way I would be even remotely interested in whatever Tom Holland Venomverse is happening with Sony is if it's not Tom Holland. I, <laughs> I think, to be honest, I think that to me, as crazy as that sounds, I think that Miles Morales would have to be the next Spider-Man for me to have any interest in seeing what Tom Holland Spider-Man is doing. Because mm. I just feel like, as you said, and Kendall could jump in. Like they just they established something so so we they, they, they weave themselves so much into the fabric of the MCU. And I even saw a shout out to Christian Harloff. He he says that he, he thinks that that was done on purpose. You know, he thinks that mm, um that, right. that Marvel that Sony excuse me, Disney and Marvel kinda knew 
you know, that could kind of help us in a negotiated situation. Like, <laughs> right. We make their story so linked to what we're doing that how do you even take us out of it? And that's a scenario that now Sony faces. And it's a scenario I don't think anyone really wants to see. I mean, I don't know what... I, we don't, I would love, you know, and I know it's, this is all fun and games for the most part. But, and, but I would love for one of these, like, polling... It's not fun and games for Tom Holland. <laughs> no, oh no! It's still, but he's still making a lot of money, so he'll be all right. But yeah, it'll be okay. But I do feel like it's interesting. I would love for them to do some kind of polling on, like, what do fans think of like continuing to see Spider Man's beyond that are not remotely involved with the Marvel universe and what that's pulling at. Because from a very unscientific just survey of Twitter, it just seems extremely low. Mm. And in the interest of Spider Man was extremely low. Before he was not in the MCU, um, I, I think it's going to be extremely low after. And they, we know they're going to play their only card of going to Venom. At least that's what it appears. And I don't think Venom's name is that hot right now, despite what they did to box office. So uh, that, to me, Kendall, is the only way they can solve is this from Sony's standpoint, if there is no deal moving forward, is that you move on from Tom Holland. And that's sad for me to say because I love Tom Holland, but you just can't create what you've established with the MCU and then just pull it away and think that, you know, you're going to be able to still grab viewers and, and you know, hold, like, they, they established the whole thing with Michelle. Like, there's just a lot that just, like, I, I don't know how they continue. We, I think Disney knows, I think, why they're trying to hold them over a barrel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like, well, one, what Shamari said, where you talked about who does this hurt more from a movie perspective, story perspective? Part of me thinks that Marvel is going to have a tough time like explaining where Spider-Man is and why someone who was so integral in like the last like three movies that was clearly going to be one of the faces of the MCU going forward is just gone. And it's going to be difficult for Sony as well, but I mean, the, the good thing about what Sony has is that there have been... One, they own all of Spider-Man's universe. And Spider-Man's universe is so vast that... Now, look, the way they ended Far From Home was is extremely awkward to what to where they could possibly be going. But let's say they just nixed Far From Home. They just said it never happened. Something along those lines. Then, because his universe is so big... For me, I mean, if you just put him in some contained, you know, Green Goblin story or some contained Doc Ock story or some contained uh, Venom movie, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to look ridiculous. It's going to be like, where's any of the Iron Man influence, where's any of the Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. influence, none of that. But I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, regardless, it's going to be difficult for both parties to move forward. They're kind of both getting screwed over. Uh, in from a to- from a story perspective, you know, Feige's pissed off. Uh, you know, uh, the 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 creator John Watts and stuff are pissed off. Um, over at Sony, um, the only people that are happy right now are probably, you know, Avi Arad, because he might have more say now. Uh, with Spider Man, which is not a great thing because. You know, the last last couple Avi Arad Spider-Man movies have been terrible. Um, Tom, Rothman, Tom Rothman is also probably uh, yes. 
very happy today. Not, I don't yeah. say happy, but I think he's probably like, I don't got to deal with that Feige anymore. Because apparently they've had beef. And I don't know. This is just a bad situation. It's, it's no one no one really wins. It's just sad that it's coming to this. Now, I, I am on the mindset that I think if they did a Spider-Man movie, let's say it's made by Lord and Miller or, or produced by Lord and Miller instead of Feige. And, you know, John Watts may or may not direct and it has Tom Holland. I, I think it can still do really well. I just think... Um, I agree that the excitement level will be lower for the, for that movie, um, but I, I still think people will go to see it, especially people that aren't as uh, you know knowledgeable about what this kind of stuff means. Well, and because that that Spider-Man character uh, from Far From Home made a billion dollars by himself, that that leads me to think that. There's still going to be people if you connected some on some level to the same character, that it'll be very popular. And I, then the other yeah. possibility, I, I I know what you're saying with you know Miles Morales. I think that would also make a lot of money if they did him live action, um, which is possible with Tom Holland. But um, even beyond that, I know you had your theory, EJ, but you had your theory before that we could see Tom Holland connected with the animated version. Yeah, is that a possibility? Maybe yeah. they do an animated Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Maybe it's an animated version of the Peter Parker we see. Maybe it's a live-action CGI movie. I, mean, I don't know what their plans are, but there are a lot of ways in which they could still hold on to that Tom Holland Spider-Man character and still make a lot of t- a ton of money off of it. And it helps that Lord and Miller seem to be so invested in the Spider-Man brand at this point. Um, and they did such a good job with Venom, so they ha- or not with Venom. Uh, with uh, Spider Verse, so like yeah. they have an equity with comic book fans that I think, at least for me, and there are some people who are just gonna be so blindly pissed off that they they won't pay attention. But um, a lot of the people that that love Spider Verse are gonna pay attention to stuff that they do um, because it was so good. The one thing I think people don't, uh, they're not, they're missing a little bit when we talk about situation with uh, Spider-Man making a billion dollars and how well look Spider-Man made a billion dollars and clearly shows how valuable property it is and no one's arguing that Spider-Man is not a massive franchise which is why Sony is, won't let anyone pry it from their dead hands at the same time we can't also forget that that number was without question to be buoyed by being a movie that followed the biggest MCU movie ever, one of the biggest the crossover biggest movie movies ever, ever. <laughs> the the most the highest grossing movie ever. It's a direct follow two months right after that movie, and it's a it's 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 like a it's like a follow it's a direct follow to that movie, and they build it as that. So the idea we we can't separate that from that billion dollar number, and. I'm telling you, I'm not saying that Spider-Man is going to be doomed. They can't, they can't make money or everything like that. But I, I do have questions about what the Venom vs. Spider-Man does in terms of box office. I'm not saying it's going to do poorly, but I don't know if it's ever touching those far from home numbers. I, I don't know how they do it. Like I think that there's so much anger around the property 
and I think people underestimate how how much people are just so much more knowledgeable of this stuff than maybe they were in the past which is not something we could have said before I think before a lot of people didn't know any of this stuff and yes a lot of times this backdoor dealing wouldn't really matter but I mean the social conversation about this Spider-Man stuff was massive it was all over the place you couldn't avoid it pretty much unless you just are not in this game at all with being on inter- on the internet essentially I think that people are they're gonna they're gonna feel a way about this if this doesn't go through I still I still believe that this will get figured out I sit here today um, August 27th I guess whatever it is or 26th or 25th rather um, and I say that that this will get fixed and that spider-man will be back in the MCU and they'll cut a deal I was surprised at how pessimistic feige and and Tom Holland were but I, to me, the way Tom Holland, I still think, is trying to throw his weight around. The fact that this dude pulled up to his old boss's crib two days after his his current bosses said, we ain't working with them no more. That's a, that, I don't care what he said there. That's a shot. That's, there's no way in hell Sony was happy he was there. And that, yeah. I mean, no, that's like, no. that's like a guy from, you know, Shamar, you know, back in the, the, the men, Monday Night War days. That's like a guy who works for WCW deciding I'm gonna go to WWE because I just want to hang out there. Like mm-hmm. that, like <laughs> Eric Bischoff would lose his mind as he should have if that would have happened. Like, yeah, like, now, that that, that was absolutely is, a power move. Right. Well, I will say I think it would have been an even an even bigger message in the other direction had he not been there because, like he was like he he had this Pixar movie onward. Where you know he's, he's a voice actor, right? So like, had he said to himself, "I'm not going to be there," then that would mean that man, this guy is—he <laughs> he like screwed Disney. I'm all in on Tony. I'm a company man. You know him showing up. I mean, I assume it's a positive step for Disney, and I and that makes sense given again he was cast by Kevin Feige, this that, and the other thing. But um, you know. He, He's also he also may have been you know contractually obligated. I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, contractually obligated. I could maybe see, but I, Sham, I feel like if he not if he could have avoided being there, if he didn't want to be there, he would have. The fact that he went told me something. Told me something, and, and the same week he unfollowed. He didn't have to unfollow Sony and then show up at a Disney convention. Yeah, like. You, you don't got like you don't. I don't care what your words are telling me. Your actions are telling me what I need to know about how you feel about this thing. I mean, I think it's obvious how he feels about it. You know, I think he. I don't think he's made any any attempts to hide the fact that he's very upset and that he does not <laughs> that he does not want this this to happen. Um, now, with regards to Feige, one thing I did want to say is I think he was told like, listen, treat this as it is. Like, directly. I think someone directly told him. <laughs> Whether it was Alan Horn, Bob Iger, somebody. was like, Kevin Feige, the deal didn't go through. Tell people to calm down. <laughs> and well, so that's, he didn't tell people to calm down. He or, or, just, or just tell people it is what it is. Right. Kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, so, he's, so he's like, all right. You know, I don't think he's happy either. I think he's very upset. And I think he's still very, he's holding out some kind of hope <laughs> that a deal is struck. Um one other person, John Favreau, uh, commented on this as well. Apparently, he's 
somewhat opt. He said he's yeah. optimistic. He was optimistic uh, with regards to you know the possibility that something something gets done. Um, I haven't checked on it really any of the other cast members like Zendaya or anybody else involved in, in specifically the Spider-Man movies. Uh, uh, but I haven't seen I haven't seen them say anything. Um, uh, you know, or or haven't heard any news about them saying anything specifically, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think I don't think anybody involved in this is happy about it. I don't think anybody that works in movies. I don't think any. I don't think anybody. But and when nobody and when nobody's Sony and when yeah, like it, when, when nobody's happy, typically they find some kind of happy medium. Uh, they clearly mm-hmm. these two had a, a massive impasse that no one I think gonna be completely happy. But I think everyone's kind of miserable with how things are right now. I think Disney is probably miserable that they're, in the meantime, having to move forward without Spider-Man. I think uh, Sony was miserable in regards to just being dragged for a week in a way that they just did not expect and did not ask for, probably did not want. And uh, I think they definitely got too cocky in thinking that we have enough equity to do this. I don't know how they thought that, but I think that they did. Um, I think they felt they can kind of throw their weight around with Marvel a little more than maybe they should have. And now, hence, here we are. When everybody's happy, the actor ain't happy, the, the both companies ain't happy, somebody's going to figure out something and say, okay, well, how can we do to make this not as miserable as we all are? I just hope that uh, cooler heads prevail at some point in terms of, I know there's been a who to blame, who's not to blame. I, I've been, I don't like to say I'm team this or team that. I think that's kind of like a lame way to just look at the world. It's like, I don't know, things are... That everybody has fault in some things, and it's good to kind of like look at whole, look at things as a whole, not just like, oh, I'm on this side no matter what. Like, I do feel like, um, I do feel like at the end of the day, Sony is extremely, I think, to me, extremely naive to think that Disney would make them a billion dollars and not ask for more money, and the idea that they would walk away from that earning potential. I just think is I, I just think is I think it's bad business, which is why I can say I like say I'm pro Disney because I mean yes Disney is looking for more of a bag, but if uh, if I come in and save your failing property and make you a billion and, and gross a billion dollars in our last movie, no I'm not gonna want five percent of first ticket sales on the first weekend, which is when most of the money is coming in. That doesn't make any sense from a Disney standpoint, and fifty percent is a lot. Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, that's way too much. I don't think it's that much to me. They just made a billion dollars in the last movie, and they did all the work. So, <laughs> Sony doesn't really... Sony only owns the rights. They're not doing really much of anything else except for the marketing, which they've done a great job of, and they deserve credit for that, hence you get 50%. I don't think that that what they've done in marketing equals 95% of first ticket sales. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, I don't think that Disney asked for too much. I'm just going to... I'll be that guy. I don't care. Um, I think a lot of people, money going to front, I think there are a lot of people kind of wanting to kind of like show, like, they don't want to step on any industry's toes. They're saying, oh, they were wrong for this and they were wrong for that. No. Yes. Sony, you haven't done anything with Spider-Man. You almost ruined the character for three, four years, however long that Amazing Spider-Man situation happened. You don't deserve 95% of first ticket sales. You just don't. And Marvel saved your behinds. And I think that 50 is not crazy. Based on the work they put in, and the fact they'd be giving, in fact they'd be they'd be paying, putting money into it, which they because they'd be co-financing. This isn't a question. The problem is like, you know, you have you have a lot of spirit because 
I mean, obviously we're all MCU fans, and we're fans of, of, of the movies, and we're fans of what you know Marvel Studios has done. But I really, I can't call this really a question of who deserves the money when Sony owns the property. You know what I mean? Like, so, like Sony, like they, however long ago they made that deal, you know, ninety whatever, ninety five, ninety eight, whatever they made that deal to to <laughs> buy the Spider Man movie rights. Right. Like, now we're in this situation where, you know, Sony continues. They're not going to sell it. If Marvel, re- if Disney really wants to do these movies, they're asking for 50%. Just buy Spider-Man. And, I mean... Does anyone think, think that Spider-Man... Do anyone think Spider-Man is reasonably for sale? Do you I think mean, that Disney can give them a... Do you think Disney can give them a number that would be I mean, look, reasonable I mean, for they Disney? Gave them, I don't think there they, is. Right, there's no reasonable number. I mean, they have to give them six, seven, eight billion. I don't even know what the number is. But <laughs> that's not worth. That's not worth it for Marvel. Exactly, for it's not worth it. But like, that's the business. You know what I mean? It's it's like the it's the, the it's like the sports fan that's telling the the bad owner to sell the team. When it's like, I mean, I can, you can you can get mad at the owner, but at the end of the day, he owns the team. It's his property. It's his business. You know, like I can't get but, mad but, at Sony. And, and, I can't get so. mad at Sony for making. For, for making a good business decision. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, this is, and li- and I was going to say, this is Sony's backbone. You know, this is all Sony's got. <laughs> their biggest in terms of movies. This is in terms of movies specifically. Yeah, their, movie, is all- their movies is trash. They this don't have nothing. 100. They this- got rid of the James Bond. Yeah, there's no more Bond. So this is it. It's like, it's just Spider-Man. That's it. You know, this is all they got. I don't think, that, you know, so, I don't think they want to give up 50% of their only property. Even if they're barely doing any of the work, I mean, this is a deal that I, I'm I'm entirely convinced Marvel came to them, <laughs> trying to say, "Listen, we want to bargain a deal so we can use Spider-Man in our movies." They're like, "Okay, you know, well, what's the deal? You know, this is what we will accept," and, and they came to an agreement. Now Marvel's coming back and saying, "No, we want more. We want we want half." And it's like, of course, they're going to be like, "No, <laughs> you know, this is all." They're like, "Have you seen what we're going through? No, we're not going to give you half." And it's like well, we want thir- a third of it. And it's like no, Sony's like just from Sony's perspective, it's like they, you know, they're not gonna just as a company that cares about their their profits and I looking successful. I get all of as that, a company, but like I just not feel like sometimes it. you gotta see the bigger picture and you gotta sometimes cut your losses. You've shown that you're unable to make live action Spider Man movies that people want to see. You haven't done it. For fifteen years, or however long. But, but they just did a Venom too. movie. They, they, from their perspective, they think Venom is successful, which it has been commercial. Okay, I still and, feel like, I still feel like the jury's out at the very least on what a non-MCU Spider-Man looks like. And, and then they made an animated movie that some are saying is the best Spider-Man movie, regardless of the animation and live action. But that's not live action, and that's it won an Oscar. It did good in the box office. It was not a box office smash. It was a good box office showing. It was a critical classic. But I do feel like for a company that has not produced a Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man, not Venom, not Miles Morales. I'm talking Peter Parker, Spider-Man. They've shown they've been unable to to make something that anybody cares about, and for them to now be popping their chests out, thing we don't need. The MCU and Disney, the biggest movie franchise we have right now, 
I think is is ludicrous. I think it's not seeing the bigger picture. Okay, yes, you're giving up some a lot of what you've been earning, but you've been sitting like fat cats, not not to be fair. doing anything. And all you've been you've been a, right now you've just been a piggy bank for Marvel to use for these movies. Now at least Marvel will give you money to actually make the movies, and you could make 10, 15 of them. You can do this forever instead of now being like, okay, well now we have to do everything with the next Spider Man movie, prop it up, make it. To find a director because Watts is kind of on the fence. It seems like like they gotta do all the work now, and when they had to do all the work last time, they struggled mightily. And I, I, let's see what Venom Two does in terms of box office after the disaster it was as a critical uh, situation. See, I the the thing is like I think Sony. We have to make it clear that Marvel is the one that and Disney are the ones that are pulling out of this deal. You know, like I don't think Sony say they didn't fire. Kevin Feige, they didn't fire or tell Disney, you know, we like your movies, but you're done. Yeah, like Disney, Disney, yeah, Dis- they, Disney's they the one that a disgruntled partner. Yeah, that said fair. we want more money, and it, like EJ, like you said, it's probably a fair request given what the work they've done. And Sony said no, and so Disney was like we were going to take our ball and go home, and, so, and see what you guys do without us. And Sony's like, look, if that's what it comes to. We're confident in our own ability. I mean, we may not be confident in Sony's ability. I'm not. Look, I don't feel great about it. I'm just because I like so I like Spider Man in the MCU. Do I think that there there's no chance that Sony can make a spider a good Spider Man movie? At? I think it's possible, but it's just less likely. You know, Marvel Studios bats almost a thousand, so there, there there is some anxiety there. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, Sony. They made whatever they feel like was best for their money, whatever decision they felt like was best for their money, and they made it. You know, I think this. I, I I'm trying to look at this strictly, you know, from a you know a business perspective. That that's that's the move they made, and um, you know, Disney tried to make a power play. Disney absolutely tried to make a power play. I get that standpoint. Um, I don't know. I just feel like we're at a point where I, I think that. Sony's, I think, blow up is a little short sighted. I feel like they could have negotiated something that would have not let it come to this. And now they're taking the heat. They're taking a lot of heat right now. I think a lot of people are upset at Sony. I think that nobody is going to not watch any of these MCU movies because of this situation. There will be Absolutely people. Who, not, no. There will be people who will not see anything Sony's doing because of what has happened. So yep. when we look at who's gonna lose money, who's the one who lose, who's losing out, I look at the people and say who's the people who 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 are gonna have less fans because of this, and I think that question is is without question Sony. So in my opinion, you lose because of that, yeah, and it was, this is I, unnecessary. I completely agree. And another thing, I, a reason I I agree with you, EJ, is that the next movies are gonna want to make are Spider Man movies. These Spider Man movies. The, the people they're trying to get to rally around to get to go to these movies are the same people they're pissing off. These are the exact same this is your people. Core. Yeah. This is your core yeah. fan base. And they are in f- literally in flames. Yeah. Angry yeah. and screaming and crying. Literally Threatening crying. people. Like it's Threatening getting, people. It's getting, not, getting crazy. It's getting very ugly. And Sony is just like, oh, we'll be fine. And it's like, no, you won't. No. Spider-Man's all you got. And you're pissing off your. And the whole thing family? is, like sometimes, like perception is reality, and like you could, they could have a 
dope Spider-Man concept that we're not thinking about that could be amazing. Exactly. But if your brand is so tarnished, right? It doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. And I and I do feel like the Sony Spider-Man brand is extremely tarnished today. And See, could yeah, they recover? I, I, Maybe, but they gotta show us something. Yeah. And whenever they would get a chance to show, it'd be so far down the road that damage I think might be done. My my last thing is, look, I'm putting my faith, and look, I don't know what Sony has, you know, up their sleeves. If you know, if it comes to them having to make a Spider-Man movie, if we come to that point, but there are, I I see paths for me being excited for a Spider-Man movie, and a lot of them involve uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, but even beyond them, there are a lot of talented filmmakers in Hollywood. There, it's not. It's not just Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers that know how to do Spider Man. No it's not just John Watts that knows how to do Spider Man. There can no be question. plenty of people that can make good movies, whether or not it's connected to the MCU or not. They can they can decipher that for their own in terms of how they, you know, how they make that change. But in terms of making a good movie, I mean, we the last Spider Man movie that we saw uh, made by Sony was an all time great. And, I mean, if they put the same people that made that movie onto a live-action Spider-Man movie, I, I wouldn't say to myself, well, it ain't, it ain't Kevin Feige. Right. Whether or not other people do, I can't speak for. I don't know. But I just know me personally, it's, it's still going to be unfortunate, but I'm not going to not see the movie because it's, it's not Marvel. One-word answer for everybody. Kendall is uh, the next Spider-Man movie produced by... Uh, Kevin Feige in Marvel. Uh, yes. Shmari. No. Wow. Shmari is a no. Uh, I'm the negative Nancy. <laughs> I'm ruining everybody's day. <laughs> I don't. I, By I, humbug. Look, man. These guys are. These guys are all. Look, I don't want to sound like I hate businessmen or anything. These guys are all very greedy. Okay. These guys are all. Nah, they all yeah. want a lot yeah. of money. They all want more money than each other. And they don't like it. They're not going to reach a deal, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, I mean, Bob Iger, Disney seems very persistent, you know. And Sony said, you know, the deal we've had is still is still good. You accepted it before. And Bob Iger's like, no, they're they're not. Disney does not does, is saying no. Yeah, Disney play. Disney doesn't they're, play. They're, they don't play games. They're they, not playing games they, right they, now. They, they're they like, we want more money. Yeah. And Sony, this is all they've got. So they're like, no. So I I don't think they're gonna reach a deal. I do think. Well, I will say yes. I know I'm breaking my answer in terms of one word. Though Shamari also broke the answer. Yeah, my bad. Um, I, I will say <laughs> this last thing before we move on. We'll be on this for a while. Is why I think yes. I think Shamari brings up. I think the ultimate reason why this could not happen, or why this, why this may not happen, why this way may this may end up being the future for the foreseeable future. Um, is I think to me the only way this even comes to fruition is if you have just a bunch of suits who don't know anything about this culture making these decisions Mm -hmm. i think that i think anyone could agree that it was very clear it was not feige in these meetings it was not uh i don't even know if someone like rothman was in these meetings in terms of this kind of negotiation he's high up um in that you know he's well he probably he's the chairman of, of of sony but uh, maybe Avi or some of those other people that are in terms of the creative side. I don't think they're in these meetings. Right. I think these are meetings that are being held by people way more 
on a higher pay scale than even these guys. So those people are just looking at dollars and cents. They're not looking yeah, at the fans. They're not looking at, you know, the, the heart behind it. They're not looking at what the love behind the, the character. They don't care about any of that. They're looking at dollars and cents. You know, they're just looking at spreadsheets. That's This is this is all this is. It's sad. It's crazy to think. I never could think of characters like Spider-Man and, and, and Norman Osborn who, you know, we know fight he wants to get his hands on. Some of these other characters in this in Spider-Man thing that people want to get their hands on. How, you know, Sony, these Sony executives, these Marvel executives, they're just looking at these people as... as as spreadsheets, their lines in a in a, in a in a Microsoft Excel Excel sheet. It's yep. it's, and that's why this happens. Those those people had their spreadsheets and it wasn't adding up. And some other people wanted to change the spreadsheet and they were like, "No, we like it how it is. These are our margins. These are our numbers. Whatever that all that mumble jumbo that comes with finance. And that's it. We just we got finance people." That are, are determining uh, really the the happiness for like millions of fans, which is crazy, uh, because they know nothing about this culture. But that's what happens, and the only way this changes, I think, is if the people who understand the culture go to the biggest of big decision makers. So, someone going to Rothman, someone going to Iger, saying, "Look, fam, I know what your spreadsheets are saying. We can't survive this." Because look at the fans. Look at what. Look at how they're reacting. Look at how they're treated. Right. We're going to lose in the end if we don't just go ahead with something that everyone can live with. And I think that will happen. I think even Favreau kind of talking. I think he's the kind of voice that could go to what's the name and say, yo, fam. Go to Bob. Yeah, yo. We've worked together. I've made you a lot of money. Let's sit down. Let's talk about what your issues are, how we make this work. I would hope someone from Sony could do the same thing. I think that will happen, but when the spreadsheet guys and the finance guys are deciding this kind of stuff, nothing that the fans want are going to be in any kind of consideration, and that's the sad part about all of this. Um, but let's move on. We've spoken a lot about Spider-Man. we got to talk about this stuff that happened at um, at, 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 uh, at uh, D23 outside of Holland's uh, kind of surprise appearance. But uh, we got three new shows. Three new Marvel shows that will be debuting on Disney+. Plus. We already have all the shows they announced before. So before we had uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, WandaVision, Hawkeye. Um, is there one more? I feel like there's one more. Well, there's only three. Oh, Loki. Uh, Loki. Uh, is that what it? And what if? What if? And what if? That's, um, that's it, right? Uh, you said Hawkeye? Yeah, I said yeah, Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye. It was five. Yeah. Yeah, what if Hawkeye, yep. WandaVision, Loki, WandaVision, and, Loki and Captain, and Captain, Captain uh, Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Soldier. Yeah. So, Captain who? Yeah. <laughs> Captain Falcon. Captain I mean, Captain Falcon. Soldier. I mean, uh, <laughs> Captain Falcon. Uh, so, but now we have three new ones that were not part of that original drop. That Those include Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk. These are characters that were definitely talked about and mentioned as potential uh, Disney Plus uh, characters that could be that could be could some, make their debuts in Disney Plus. Some of Plus. them were mentioned last podcast. Yeah, us. yeah, we literally did a podcast. Yeah, you're right. We talked about it in the last few podcasts. How Jimmy Jeremy Conrad? I feel like he was tipping his hand on that mm. a lot. And I think that if you read Conrad enough, I feel like he does that a lot. You can read the tea leaves in between what he's saying, even if he's not saying. I have sources saying that he'll just say what's been talked about, or there's been rumors of this, or fans have been talking about this. I think that's him saying. Hey, fam, like, look out for this to happen. Mm. Um, and like you said, Trent, all three of these characters were mentioned in his article last week about what could come in terms of 
yes. something coming for the Disney Plus without him sourcing any kind of uh, any kind of sources of who they actually would be. Uh, I know before we kind of talked about like who would be your person you're most excited about. I know you said Moon Knight before Sham, so we don't have to talk about that as much. Just what do you think now that these shows are a reality? Uh, I am extremely excited. Um, as I said in the, at the at the start of this podcast, um, I mean these uh, characters, and it's not it's funny because it's not only that we're getting these shows, which we are getting, we're getting them. It's concrete. It's happening. We're just waiting for them to come out. It's incredible. It's that we're getting these shows. They're being made by Feige, and these characters can show up in movies. Yes, these are characters that Feige can just pull from the show. And say, oh, you're going to show up in, in Avengers 7. Or you're going to show up in whatever random MCU. You can show up in any of these, these MCU movies. Can, these characters show up in Black Panther 2. Mm. They can just randomly show up in, in Black Panther 2. I think this is what their vision was for whatever Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. became. Or what, mm. what they wanted Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be. Mm. Clearly, the the way the contract worked out in the movie and TV division being so different. like It, clearly, it, made, it was clear very early on that that was never going to happen. Mm, right. But yes, I agree. Um, but this is, I think this is huge news. I think that, um, I think She-Hulk can be surprisingly, I think that can surprise a lot of people and become extremely popular. Uh, I think if you get the right person to play She-Hulk, if you, uh, if you tell the right stories, um, Rosario um, Dawson is just basically saying, give me a job. (laughs) That's funny. That's the way she's acting on social media. Hey. She's reposting the boss logic. He reposting art, the, the work. art. She's saying I could do it. I mean, I, clearly, she, she's in her and her agent is is making that case. Look out there. Give her an audition. Give her an audition. I'm 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 down. Um, but I mean, they. I mean, it's but there's so much potential. All these characters, Miss Marvel, all these characters. So I am. I'm. I'm stoked. I'm very very excited. Kendall, what you say about the new Disney Plus shows? Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the three that we got, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight, um, probably the three easiest to, to, to guess. Um, clearly, Marvel and Kevin Feige and the rest of people at Marvel Studios, they are very... And whenever you see something like that, where it's like the like three of the most obvious and most talked about people like get picked, it's clear that, like, like... Yeah, like, so a lot of these people are just like us. Like, they look at the common sense. You know, sometimes they'll throw something, throw us for a loop. You yeah, know, like the like, Eternals. Yeah. yeah, the Eternals. It's like, whoa, they're doing this, but they're not doing, you know, X-Men? Like, what? But um, but with Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, this very basic, the three probably most asked for, most obvious new characters that people would have felt were a good fit for Disney Plus uh, series and they were picked. So, look, credit to uh, Kevin Feige for not straying, not going too astray with uh, his Disney Plus series so far. Um, I mean, I'm excited for all three. If you're asking which ones I'm, with the one I'm most excited for, I would probably lean. Uh, I'd probably lean She-Hulk since we haven't gotten uh, really any Hulk-specific like stories in a while. You know, we yeah, had Ragnarok. What do we even think is like the What's the situation with that? Is that a universal contract situation? Like what? Nobody seems to know no what idea. the Hulk situation is. 
because they talked about trying to do a Hulk thing in the past. So I mean, like they own Hulk's television rights. They do own Hulk. Okay, so it's just not yeah, movie rights. Yeah, it's, it's they don't own his movie rights. Okay. Um, and you know, Ruffalo's never going to do a TV show. Uh, so well, I, though and, I'm sure I'm almost movies. certain he will be in the show though. I, yeah, yeah, you know, Feige's gonna have him show up. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, like it would cost too much to have him do a show on ABC, for example. But right. um, which has been talked about in the past. But now I think we'll see Mark Ruffalo. Um, I actually don't know if the story would have made sense to just do a Hulk Disney Plus series. Um, but having him show up in this continues the trend of look, we're gonna utilize Hulk as a supporting character like we have in the past and we think that it could work and we think that it works best for his character we think it works best uh to help elevate whoever the title character is and i think this she-hulk story could be actually really good um i mean i'm 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 excited and i also because i want to see like what they do in terms of story and villains and the most exciting part about it uh is something shamari had brought up to us um, I believe in our YouTube video, which will come out, but, uh, he said, like, the most exciting part about this is, like, we don't know who, who are, who's playing these people. Like, nope. you know, this is just, we, we, we haven't gotten any poster, any concept art. It's just, this is the title logo. But, and they're all really still, beautiful title logos. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. The Moon Knight yeah. one. Well, I would argue just... better than the, the, the five that we got before. I but, agree. Yeah. You know, like, like, Moon Knight could be an A-list actor. You know, like, Miss Marvel will probably be an unknown. It'll probably be a Discovery situation. You know, similar to Moana, they'll probably find, you know, an actor or an actress that, you know, fits that character um, who they think can, can play the role. But I imagine She-Hulk and Moon Knight will, be, will probably be cast by, or I can't say probably, but I'm interested to see, will it be somebody, will they go the Discovery route and find somebody that, like, is kind of buried in something or a new to the industry or do they go you know an a-list television star an a-list movie star uh or supporting television star supporting movie star there's a lot of ways they can go and then there's villains there's there's a whole cast so i'm, I'm very excited on uh for that aspect um of these shows yeah kendall i think that i i do agree that 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 who is going to be uh in the costumes and wearing the green cgi will be fascinating for the situation i also feel like in just talking about she hulk i think marvel has a great opportunity with she hulk i think that she hulk kind of fill the void that is going to be missing uh from whatever is the future of jessica jones um well kristen ritter says she's done so even if they do bring back jessica jones it's not going to be in that capacity anymore i just think that i don't think we all understood until it happened like how much marvel was like needing of that like female hero who was like kind of brash kind of in your face and not afraid to kind of maybe um you know not be the most heroic person from time to time to show a little you know a little bit of a surliness and while i don't think she hulk is that far on the anti-hero edge she is a very very uh you know very confident very uh has a no, no missing swagger in regards to she hulk I think that she's kind of her her attitude is kind of similar to Jessica Jones. I think she's such a a, a great character for television. I think she I think that could be a, a I think that has huge potential. 
I think all these have huge potential um, in their own way. I just know last week we we talked a lot about Miss Marvel and, and Moon Knight. I think both of them have potential. But I just think this is just something that we, we really haven't seen except for Jessica Jones. And I think this will even be a lot better in terms of action. Jessica Jones, they did a great job of building more story, especially in season one, of making it a story-driven show as opposed to action per se. Like, this is a show I anticipate will will bring that same kind of story-driven concept with a character and an actress who's super engaging and super fun to just watch perform like we was to watch Kristen. I think this is going to be the same for She-Hulk, but then we're going to bring the action element of it, too. It's going to make it awesome. I cannot, cannot wait for these shows to drop. I think this is going to be awesome. And like I said before, as much as the Spider-Man segment sucked last, uh, the last, you know, 10 minutes ago, what a time to be alive to get this kind of content coming to uh, for a TV series. This is just crazy. What is dropping on day one? What show is dropping? Is Falcon Winter Soldier dropping day one? No. I, I think Loki is, I want to say. Okay. I got to see the um, timeline again. But I want to say Loki is, a, is I, the first I think one. you're right. I don't think Falcon Winter Soldier. I think... Um, I don't know if any are any of them dropping day one. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if anyone dropping day one, but I think Loki might be the first one. Okay. Yeah, Loki. I think, is yeah, the first I think one. You, I think you're right about that. Yeah, launch day is November twelfth. Yeah, uh, Loki release date. I'm just pulling up now. Uh, let's see. So Loki. Uh, yeah, sometimes like these articles, you just want to see what it is, and they don't <laughs> right. give you like. Give yeah, so spring yes. of 2021. So, yeah, it's going to oh, be a little geez. bit of a while before right. any of this Marvel content gets mm. on the platform. I did feel like, as far as the rollout was concerned, I thought that that was a mistake. Mm. Yeah, like, I when I, when they, they announced the shows and you announced when the, the, the app was dropping, I looked at that and I was like, you know, I thought, you know, DC, they, they, they had everything right except for, I think, the execution of Titans. But they were smart and... Ha- like having Titans come out with the app that made yeah, so that much perfect. sense. Like you know, I think it was only a week after, a couple weeks after. It was very soon. I think it was it was really smart. I just I think that like Disney, they have so they have an incredible library. So obviously they'll be okay. But I do feel yeah, like I think their main draw I do, I do, the uh, the Marvel Mandalorian. Stuff. Oh, oh yeah. well, I meant like initially, like their main. Launch draw. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Lucasfilm is doing it right. I mean, Mandalorian's at launch. Yeah, this is right. Once the app drops, you can see the Mandalorian. And look at the same time, like for how Marvel and Feige are are you know doing this Phase Four, like it just might not make sense to have like shows dropping before Black Widow for whatever reason. Sure. Yeah. So it could be a logistical standpoint, but I just. I wish they had. Some, they should. I think they should have something ready. I don't know what, but something should have been ready um, for this. So that could have. Uh, so that, that could have. You know, worked out. But, um, but at the same time, like I said, you could have the logistical issues as to why that's the case. Moving on, uh, D twenty three also brought us some really big uh, movie news as well, and and I think the the biggest was the Black Panther official uh, official announcement. So we've been waiting for. Pretty much uh, since, since Comic Con, first movie, well, since the first movie came out, definitely. <laughs> we were anticipating Comic Con, we'd get something about Black Panther, and that did not happen. So we said, okay, well, when we're we gonna get something? Maybe D twenty three. We actually did get uh, finally a Black Panther announcement. That movie will be uh, is confirmed and will be coming out into theaters on May 6, twenty twenty two. So we're looking at 
essentially essentially three years you know you know two and three quarters if you're being specific so we got a little while uh before we're gonna see the black panther again but the black panther has a confirmed release date they did not have any details really about it at the panel it was yeah. just was happening and that which, I mean, is directing which we knew right. was gonna happen but that was also not confirmed ryan cooler will be back at the helm leading yeah. the film I mean, it's three years out, so I wouldn't have expected them to be like, "We have a script, we've got, we're we're shooting." I would not have expected that. But I mean, it's good that we. I mean, it's nice that we have a release date. We didn't get any additional details, so there isn't much to break down. But um, I do like the logo. I like they're sticking with the purple, which I think is cool. I uh, the next thing I'm going to be looking for is casting, because I want to know who's going to be in this movie. Are we getting The Rock? Are we getting... Because one thing... <laughs> I love Lord's The Rock's the, the first box, man. Yeah, Lords of the Long Box. You know? Shout out to Lords of the Long Box. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, the one thing that was a big draw with the first movie was the cast. Yeah. What everyone was talking about, all people... People that weren't even Marvel fans were like, wow, look at this cast. Yeah, non, non-Avengers, that probably is, is, is the best cast Marvel has assembled. Yeah, I mean, jeez, you know? Um, so, I mean, if we're talking about the sequel, I mean, who are we getting for the sequel? We getting more, is Morgan Freeman going to join in? I mean, I mean, who else, who else is going to join he was in? Like the, him, he, him and Sam Jackson was already MCU, probably only famous black I mean, people. I mean, is Lawrence Fishburne going to join in? But that was it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, who else is going to join in? So, um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is extremely exciting. I love the first one and Coogler is directing the second one. So I'm sure that one's going to be spectacular also. Yeah, Goliath and uh, Goliath and Black Panther would have been Lawrence Fishburne. So, Kendall, Black Panther two, uh, you, you you're comfortable with the release date? Yeah, I mean, look, the release date to me is significant. You know, I think you know a lot of times the release date comes out, and it's like it really doesn't matter. Um, but for me, when when I when I see that. They're moving away from the idea of, of doing a February uh, Black Panther movie and moving it to May. That makes me think that this isn't going to be uh, uh, this. They're not going to say we're going to go with the status quo. This is going to be a, a typical Black Panther movie. This is I think they're going to go to another level with this movie. I don't know what that is, but this is going to be a, a blockbuster uh on another level than what the even the first one was. And that could be Namor. You know, that could be Storm. That could be... Uh, I mean, Craven. I think, would not be that level. But, like, I think... And they're not using Craven, obviously. But... Yeah. Sony um, <laughs> be like, oh, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. But, um, like... I, but whatever it is, I think there will be some sort of level of crossover or some level of A-list, you know, supporting character... That's gonna make this worthy of that May date. I don't think they're just gonna risk saying, "Oh, we'll just do, uh, you know, a random Black Panther villain that nobody knows." We're just gonna do White Wolf, or we're gonna do uh, whoever they want to do, uh, and just just throw it out there and hope it sticks. This will, I think, this was going to be a, a a mega. There's gonna be some mega name involved with this movie. Yeah, I I, I think it's so far out. I don't know if this is going to be the title of the movie. Black Panther 2? Yeah. I think that, I mean, they they really 
they I don't know if they've ever done just a straight sequel. No, something something two. Like have they ever have they done it in the MCU yet? They haven't. Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man two. two. That was a, the and it's the first that was the first sequel they did. Yeah. So and look, to be fair, like you could, they could say, look, like if all the characters in terms of what they accomplished and what they mean to our universe, who deserved the billing of it just being the sequel, just two, Black Panther would be the character. So they could, maybe they're giving him that like shine, especially after what just happened with uh, Tom Holland and Spider-Man situation. But I, I, I think it's so far off that I don't think that this is necessarily, this still might not be the title. I think it might be Black Panther 2 something, something, something. But I do think agree with Kendall that I think he did hit the nail on the head with the the date being May, and I think the date being so far out to me, and so much is going to get established in the Marvel universe. Phase four will be done, so think about what Marvel is going to look like by the time we get to Phase two, Phase five rather, and Black Panther two. Is Storm going to be in this movie? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I'm going one hundred percent. Oh think boy! All right. That's Mind why I think this date is what it is. I think that we're going to see Storm. I think, I think we're going to see I, Namor. I think. I think they're going to. Uh, Brian Coogler. I think is probably the most ambitious director yeah, in, the, in the I, I in think, the team of directors that, that they work with in terms of wanting to use the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're giving him this far away a date to figure out his story right. and to get all their characters signed up and have all their rights and have a plan for what they want to do that tells me. Yes, you're going to see a massive, massive uh, uh, collection of Marvel heroes and Marvel characters in this movie. Could we see, you know, Professor X? Yes, I think yeah. that's possible. I think that <laughs> I think that this movie is going to be massive. Or or do they go the Fantastic Four route? I just, I, something massive is going to happen with this movie and putting it in May uh, in a non-Avengers year. This this is not going to be a small thing. Like for almost all of these sequels when it's been a sequel except for maybe thor they always have huge mcu characters or marvel characters making their debuts in the movie and thor is the only one where really really didn't get anyone but iron man 2 had black widow captain america winter soldier had winter soldier and the falcon um you're gonna get someone and something massive with a sequel to black panther and when you're putting it that far away, and we know the X Men and Fantastic Four are probably a little further away than we would like, we I think we talked about 2022 being like a possible target for when we would see something like this. You're gonna see something big with mutants or Fantastic Four with this movie. man. If Coogler's if Storm is in this movie, I think I think it's almost I man, think it's almost the, a lot. Man, you, the community is gonna show up. the 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 community is gonna show up for Black Panther two if Storm is in this movie. Oh my God! I'm telling yeah. you, I'm the you community know, I mean, is gonna show up. That's gonna be crazy. You know, like there is so much they can do. You know, like they can they can allude to Shadow King. They can make Shadow King a villain. Like there's a lot yeah. of crazy stuff that you do. They do include Storm. Like I said, Professor X can be involved. Magneto can be involved. Like, I mean, this could this could very well be a a a, a transcendent movie. Uh, for Marvel Studios, and that's saying something given the amount of given the types of movies that they've made, but and given the type um, of movie Black Panther one was. But I just feel like when you hear Coogler talk about like his plans for Black Panther one, like to me it just really illuminates to me how much he did that movie. His hands tied behind his back. Yeah, like how much it was like okay, we want to give you this movie, but like we can't do this, we can't do that. 
this is our first movie. This is a very, very kind of like risky proposition. Let's see how this goes. Now that they know that this is their now their 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 most popular, their yeah. most lucrative solo franchise. Oh, he's gonna just get. I mean, they they gonna let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, and that's I think if you're a comic book fan, you're a superhero fan, you love the Marvel universe. That's just gonna be a, a, a just a wonder for all of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is. This is this is definitely going to be something special. I feel like this could, this could be one of the situations where the sequel is just like even better than the original, which no one could have even imagined possible. Yeah, I feel like this could absolutely be one of those situations, which is just ins- incredible. So the other big news uh, out of D twenty three regarding movies was um, the cast of, of the Eternals showed up, and we got some news in terms of who's playing who. They did not announce that at Comic Con. So one of the things we learned was that Kit Harrington. What uh is is gonna be in the movie, but he'll be playing uh the Black Knight. So he won't be actually one of the Eternals, but he will be a Marvel character uh in the movie. It is ironic if you watch Game of Thrones that Jon Snow is playing the Black Knight. If you think about his time, the Night's Wash and all the stuff he's done, yeah. seems like he's just getting thrown right in. They were rampant. Just the internet just ran with him being Wolverine. I thought yeah. he was Wolverine. Uh, the internet just they just like he's one. He's Wolverine. That's that's what's happening, and that that's not the case. <laughs> um, I think the look he was perfect. I just think uh, I I don't know if his personality would have worked though. That's the only thing. Uh, the Black Knight definitely seems a lot more up his alley, mm-hmm. though. Albeit as big a star as he is, seems a little beneath him. Um, yeah, sometimes some people just want to get into the MCU. I mean, yeah. Idris Elba is stuck playing Heimdall. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, I mean, like if he waited, he could have been Blade. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the guys want to get into the MCU. I don't blame. Him. Yeah, and then uh, and then we learned about the rest of the cast as well. And I think one of the surprises was Gemma Chan is actually going to be the lead in this role in in this uh, story because she's the one that's going to be playing Cersei. So yes, um, I think a lot of people were looking at Angelina Jolie as probably being the lead, but that is uh, not the case at all. So that took a little bit of people by surprise. But we also got their uh, character um, pictures. So we got to see their costumes and how they're going to look and what we kind of can expect from a visual standpoint for this. Uh, Jolie will be playing Athena. Uh, Richard Madden uh, Richard Madden playing Icarus. Uh, Kumal, um, forgive me for butchering his name, even though he's a big actor on Silicon Valley. Uh, Kumali uh, Nanjini. Uh, he will be playing Kingo, Lauren yeah, Ridloff. Uh, we'll be playing Mockery. Thank you, Sham. Brian Tyree Henry, shout out to him. Paperboy, he, he's, he's Fastos. Selma Hayek is Ajax. Uh, Leah McHugh is Sprite. And Don Lee is uh, uh, Gilgamesh. So, um, I will say that looking at this picture of the cast in their costumes, I, I dig it. I, I don't know yeah, why for cool. the internals, I, I, I was worried that it would look really goofy. Like I thought it looked, uh, I thought it looked old. I thought it was going to be too Jack Kirby. I, I yeah, gonna, I thought I, I thought it was going to look say. a little too weird. And I thought that they found a, a really good mix of staying. You know, you know, I felt like if Jack Kirby was writing stuff now, I think they'd probably look more like this. Like I was worried they'd go full Jack Kirby and like some of that stuff. Like you try to put put that in twenty nineteen, it's going to look crazy. <laughs> so I, I I dug I dug the the costume uh, breakdown, uh, the costume uh, you know portraits that they did. And um, this is such a, a blank slate kind of movie. I'm, I'm, I just want to see how they do it. 
I, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... It's funny. It's funny what you just said, to you, because I was actually going to say that I I thought these character portraits were, were a little goofy. Um, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if it's a good thing, but and maybe it's me, like you know, looking at some of the actors, and maybe maybe it's not good concept art. You know, maybe it's it's bad Photoshop or whatever they did. Oh, uh, it, it is Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. it's bad Photoshop, but. Um, I mean, I think it could have been done better. It may look better when I see the trailer, um, but like some of these actors, a lot of these actors are, you know, are people coming from comedy shows, and you know, this is going to have a more comedic vibe to it, similar to Guardians. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm just, I'm interested to see uh, what the vibe is of this show or of this movie, I should say. Um, but it's it. it you know the costumes are nice. You know I, I I like some of the designs, but you know I'm not sure about the cast just yet. Still a little shaky. That's interesting. Um, I, I like the I like the uh, character design so far. I, I share EJ sentiment. I was afraid it was gonna be like super crazy, like cr- really crazy. I don't think this is that crazy. No. I think this is very tame. I think it looks. I think it's these are good character designs. Um, I feel like it's like a better version of Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, that's that, why that's the feel. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting, which is good, you know. So it's not completely ridiculous. Um, I mean, right now, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm very much looking forward to this movie. Everything I've heard so far, um, EJ, you might have to get the Throne Tales people on this joint because we got two. We got Jon Snow and we got uh, well, Rob Stark. Stark. Yeah, I was telling Andrea, I was like, who would have thought that Rob Snow and John Stark would be in an MCU movie? Or Rob, be, Rob Stark and John. Rob Stark <laughs> and John Snow would be in a Marvel movie. That's like in the a, same movie. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, and they'd be reunited so quickly after the show ended. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna happen with the Eternals. I thought that we might get a little more movie stuff out of this uh, D23, but I, I think they 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 like I said on Twitter, they loaded they unloaded the chopper when they did Comic Con, which was what we all wanted so i think that the game was a little bit and the black panther stuff was cool um we did get some really cool movie poster tv posters for uh for various shows and movies that have already been announced uh, one of them was the uh was the uh, the uh black widow one which i don't know if you guys got a chance to take a look but it not only shows uh natasha and you know a really cool uh, you know, black costume, gold belt, but also shows some of the other cast members. Shows, uh, shows the other Black Widow. Shows uh, Red Guardian. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, of that uh, of that poster? I thought I thought it was a dope poster. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Red Guardian looks serious. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these characters, they all look serious. I mean, that is a that is a very hard hitting poster. I mean, you put that at the movie theater, people are going to be intrigued. Taskmaster. I mean, I'm very intrigued. I, um, I mean, I, uh, some clips may have leaked online. I may or may not have seen some stuff that leaked online, but the people are going to be hitting hard in this movie. This yeah. is this is this. I feel like this movie is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like it's unfortunate that they killed off Black Widow, uh, but. Uh, I mean, I feel like this movie is gonna is gonna make people want to see more Black Widow. Yeah, I, I don't think that Kendall Black Widow is kind of replacing what we got from the Captain America movies. 
I think, especially yeah. when I think of Witcher Soldier. I get the feeling that we're, this is going to be, I think this is going to feel very similar. And what you're hearing from what may have been this leaked footage, I feel like, like that void that Cap left when, you know, he, he decided to go back to, with uh, Peggy. We're going to feel, we're going to fill that a little bit with this Black Widow movie. Yeah, you know, um, the poster is really nice. Um, it definitely does seem very more like, much more like a traditional, because look, to be fair, like Marvel Studios has gone so like, you know, high, super mega, like, you know, blockbuster, these last, a lot of their movies recently, you know, high stakes. You know, this this trailer does, or this, this, this poster does seem a little more simple. You know, it's one character and then, you know, a couple of heads, you know, around the one character, like more traditional solo movie poster. So that was kind of refreshing, actually, that it was less going on. Yeah. Um, instead of seeing like, uh, you know, a poster with 12 people and, you know, 12 heads and, you know, you, we're, we're debating, you know, can we fit all the names onto the poster? Right, thing. exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh... I, so I definitely got that vibe. You know, it's going to be a more contained story, um, but it also just gets me excited. I I think the fact that we got a poster means I think we're getting a trailer very soon. Um, you know, I I would say my prediction would be sometime in the next month. I think we'll get a trailer. It could be in the next week for all we know. But I think we will be getting a Black Widow trailer uh, soon. They already have one. Obviously, they just got to see it. So um, I'm excited. You know, I think that this is going to be a fun movie. I don't think it's going to make a billion dollars, but I think people are going to go see it. Uh, I don't think th- I think there will be for whatever reason. I think there's going to be less, you know, outrage with this movie compared to Captain Marvel. But um, I think people are going to be excited to go see it, and I think you know this will be a success for Marvel. Uh, whatever you know, in terms of a comparison, I do agree with the Captain America comparison uh, in terms of the vibe. Uh, and obviously, the uh, whatever um, Jennifer Lawrence movie that came out of Red, Red, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, you know, obviously it's gonna have that vibe as well. Yeah, we also got this uh, this WandaVision uh, a trailer. Oh, I mean, not trailer, but the, uh, the the poster for that as well. And I think that we we heard that this was gonna be the vibe from the reporting. So. Whoever had that first reporting, they were pretty much spot on. So shout out to them. We covered that on this show, but um, it's I want to say it was the, the hashtag show. But uh, yeah, I want to yeah. say it was them too. Uh, but man, it's kind of crazy when you actually see it. Yeah, because it is, and it, to be honest, I can kind of see why. I get the feeling like Elizabeth Olsen is not just like coming out to do like some like comic book nonsense every year, you know. Like I, I like I get the feeling like the kind of actress she is that yes she's you no, know, the Scarlet Witch bag is probably very very well you know very nice, so she's gonna do it, and I'm sure she likes it. But like, I I, th- I do feel like she's the kind of actress that does like to be challenged, and not to say that you know she's doing not challenging. But I think that this is not the traditional acting she probably is accustomed to and what she's kind of been trained for. So seeing this, and if you don't I haven't seen it because I haven't even described what it looks like. It looks pretty much like I Love Lucy. Uh, that's really the only way I can describe it. Very much like 1950s, 1960s TV sitcom type, you know, romantic situation with her and Vision, who, you know, 
Paul, whatever his name is, Bethany. Paul Bettany. Bettany, you know, he looks like he's like, you know, he's in a old school style suit, like Ricky Ricardo. And in the background, in the silhouette. The nuclear family, you know. Yes, exactly. And in the background, the silhouette, it's like you see uh, Wanda and Vision in their costumes. And Wanda's costume includes her crown, which was very fascinating for a lot of people. Because we haven't seen that show up yet. And I know it's also interesting to me because I know Elizabeth also has made comments publicly how she hates that costume. <laughs> and she doesn't really like the costume she's wearing now. She's complained about it. Cause she's like, I know... Uh, I know she kind of wears corset in the comic books, but like, I'm the only one who has exposed breasts on you know of all the women in the Marvel universe, and I think it's kind of ridiculous that we couldn't go further from what we saw in the comic books. But so it was, that's fascinating to me that we even see that, um, considering she's already made public comments about how much she hates that costume. So Sham, you're see looking at it now. What do you what do you make of uh of this of this this poster? I think it's a very provocative poster for sure. I think that it's very intriguing. It has me interested. It has me interested and it has me wanting to watch the show. So I think that's going to... And honestly, I think they put something like this in the app. I think people are going to watch the show. <laughs> I think people are going to be like, that looks very fascinating. What is yeah, this about? This, and they're going to watch the This is going to look nothing like anything we've seen from Marvel. I think this is going to get really weird. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's going to be sad. I'm, I'm prepared to be very sad watching I this. think so too. I think so too. I mean, Scarlet Witch... I mean, I haven't read as much Scarlet Witch as you, but I feel like their character itself is kind of sad just in general. Yeah, she's a broken person. You know, uh, and I feel like how they portrayed her in the MCU is also kind of sad, you know. Yeah, so first, um, first mission with the Avengers, her brother got killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, she gets locked up locked up in Civil War. Yeah, love of her life, uh, the android, got killed. Pretty killed. Brutally. So it's a lot of very bad stuff that's happened to her. Even before know? she was in that like, cage with the Collector. Yeah. So or yeah. Uh, no, uh Strucker, or, right? Or Strucker. Oh, Strucker? Yeah, it was Strucker. Yeah, yeah, Strucker. Um so yeah, her life has been not Yeah, so it's good. So it's been And very, you would think very that, you know, like I tough. said before, like a, a couple weeks ago, you know, in the comic books Wanda suffers from mental illness. There's no question about that. And considering what she's gone through in the MCU, mm-hmm. there's no question that she that that these kind of experiences could definitely trigger some kind of mental illness. So when I see something like this, where Wanda seems to have created a universe where she's, you know, Lucille Ball, like that's that. I was like, I am prepared to be very sad watching this show. I don't know about you, Kendall. Yeah, you know, it should be uh, it should be an interesting project. Um, you know, I, I, this is definitely the the what we've kind of been teased uh, when it comes to this show. Uh, the name of the show, obviously, you know, something that we've discussed, and it makes more and more sense. Yep. Each day we go, each day goes by, each day goes by. Um, I guess I just hope that the story does like make sense. Like, I hope like it's not too gimmicky and too hard to understand. Uh, but you knowing Marvel Studios, that probably won't be the case. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I guess the only other thing is just you know. Where do some of these other characters come into play? I mean, we know Monica Rambeau is going to show up. We know some other characters. Yeah, uh, uh, have already uh, been. Kat Dennings is going to be in this episode. Is going to be in Kat Dennings? Like, there's going to be some random Marvel people. So, is it going to be like a? Is it going to be, you know, a lot of dream sequences, or is it going to be like they're actually affecting the story somehow? So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared for this to get just crazy. I I I think that uh, this could be um, anything. It, it, this could this could end up being 
anything. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, fun to watch. The last poster we did get was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't that crazy about this poster. I thought this was the one I liked probably the least. It wasn't bad, but just was kind of plain. I do see they they cleaned up Bucky. He no longer has his you know his flowing locks and his you know his five o'clock shadow. He's now got a more of a clean shaved, old school Bucky look to him. Um, Falcon is wearing a costume that it, it definitely is Captain America inspired, but it doesn't look like he's Captain America yet. No, am I the only one tripping about that? No, not at all. Yeah, he looks like Falcon. Yeah. Uh, looks like I he got maybe a star. I looks like he might have a star on. Yeah, the star is at the front of the thing. I mean, I think we have to get a better shot before we and see it more and more in color. You know, like how red, white, and blue it is. Um, but I definitely think it'll look better when the show starts. I'm uh, telling you, I don't think it's gonna be Captain America until the end of the show. Me too. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. We might not see him do much of anything as Captain America. As, yeah, like, the show is the called Falcon. And Winter it's called Falcon and Winter Soldiers. So, yeah, so I think he's gonna be having a tough time accepting the fact that he is has inherited this role. And then maybe at the end he'll be like, "All right, I guess I'm Cap." But, um, but yeah, I'm still interested in seeing how he gets to that point. And I think it's I think it's a good idea that it's kind of him earning those stripes. It's not just being you know. Yes, Cap kind of gave it to him, but. I kind of think that that is, uh, that could be a fun journey to see him kind of maybe initially reluctant to say, all right, I'm going to put on the red, white, and blue. Like maybe he does say, oh, no, let me be fogging for a little bit before I figure this out. And then hopefully he'll grow into that. And call me crazy, but I'm not going to rule out that somehow Bucky doesn't become Captain America still. Hmm. Like, again, this poster is a little interesting to me. Like they, like, the poster definitely, like, Bucky's all cleaned up. He's cleaned up. <laughs> he looks kind of like Steve Rogers is without the blonde hair. No. Does that does that cheapen Endgame? No. That scene in Endgame? No, because I think that, like, as, as I told you guys before, the little bit I've read about the Sam, read from the Sam Wilson Captain America is he kind of struggles mightily kind of filling the shoes, as anyone would. Right. And and he's we all know Sam Wilson. He's an honorable man. He's a great hero, but like those are just shoes that almost anyone, no one can fill. Bucky couldn't fill it. He yeah, he was killed. So like, it's not easy. Clearly, and I could see a scenario. Where maybe he kind of looks at it and says, "I know Cat picked me, but like, you're clearly have grown up, grown into like being the person." And like that could end up being a bad decision. Like Bucky can end up not being the right person. I'm not saying that it would be even good. But I'm just, it just is odd to me that, like, you would put that in Endgame and, like, you wouldn't just have the first image of Falcon be, like, him with the shield. Like, I, it, that was a little, or him just decked out all red, white, and blue. Especially when there was rumors that there were talks about him appearing as Captain America in Spider-Man Home, uh, Far From Home. So, the fact that that didn't happen, and this is what we're seeing from the Disney Plus show... I think it's still ninety eight percent chance that it's Falcon. He'll be he'll be he'll grow into Captain America. Like I said, it'll be fine. But I'm holding out that two percent that somehow maybe Bucky ends up actually the one with the shield in the very very end. Okay. Uh, Agents of Shield trailer, guys. They, that was the other big thing we got this week. Um, it was cool. Uh, I think that I I, I Agents of Shield has become one of those shows where you guys just trust them. 
because I don't know how many times we've sat in the show and it's like, how is this going to work and blah, blah. But I do sit here as we get to a final season and a 13-episode season, and I do question if the, the, the Crotocons are a threat that I kind of want to see this whole story wrapped up by. Like, it just seems like... I know there are some Hydra hints and there's some... Uh, right. You know, so maybe that you know the story could move on from very quickly. But, you no, know, the trailer was... Like seventy five percent crotocons, and we know about how dangerous they are, and we know how dangerous they are. Uh, but <laughs> like, I, I just for them to be, they're so dry, they're so like whatever, they're not charismatic. I kind of hope that somehow we move on from them quickly. I, I don't know how. I don't know if they're a compelling villain for thirteen episodes. I agree, and um, this trailer didn't make didn't convince me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm hoping that. That the Chronicoms, that either there's someone more charismatic behind the Chronicoms mm. that's kind of causing the, or, or leading the Chronicom hunters, or that the Chronicoms aren't doing this. Or, or, or that the Chronicoms aren't like the, the big bat. Mm. That it's something Hydra related, or it's something related to really anything else. Um, I mean, they went back in time, so they have to. Um, uh, they have to. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they have to do. We don't even know why they went back in time, right? Yeah, I don't know why they went back in time. Yeah, so we have, have no idea what's going on. So, I mean, and that's why I said when I when uh, I told you guys about the trailers, I still don't know what's going on. I don't know what the plot is. I know the Chronicoms still exist and that they're still hunters, so they're still being hunted. Outside of that, we don't even know why they're there. So. I mean, it's still kind of a blank canvas. I mean, in terms I know of what we know is. overall their goal is to save whatever the rest of their race is. Like they're they're no, yeah. I mean, we don't know what the agents of Shield right how they like, tie what, in what how they tie in and what they're trying to do. Right. So that's still very much a blank canvas. So honestly, I, I agree. We gotta just kind of just trust them. I trust them. I feel like they um, they know the kind of story they're trying to tell. I'm interested to see Clark Gregg play. An LMD for a season, uh, so that should be fun. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I'm interested to see uh, what this what this season holds. Yeah, I mean, uh, this I thought this trailer was uh, it was interesting. I mean, the only thing that worries me about them going back in time, one, do we know what year they're in? Nineteen thirty-one. Yeah. In 1931. All right. So, like, I mean, it's going a little bit back. Um, I guess the only concern for me is, like, they did, I mean, we've seen Agent Carter a little bit after that, but still, we've seen Agent Carter in that, that, you know, period peace lane. It's going to feel too much like that, you know? And do I really want to see that over again? Um, They can do it well. Uh, but I kind of thought that that was the whole point of Agent Carter was, you know, this is what the Marvel Universe is like in the in the 50s type thing. I don't think um, we're going to see a lot of that situation. I think they'll probably be peppered in time trying to learn more about Earth. But I, I don't think it's going to be a period, just, period okay. season. I don't think so. That, that's the okay. That's what I was concerned about. Um, yeah, I mean, this should be this should be an interesting. I also agree with EJ, you know, like the, you know, the crime time shouldn't be the the ultimate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. villain. You know what I mean? Like, that that would be lame. Like it, this, <laughs> all will, <laughs> this all will probably tie back <laughs> to, to Hydra. 
in some capacity, you know, uh, hopefully it's, 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 it's tied back well. Um, but, you know, what we envisioned Agents of the show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being, it always started, you know, began and always end, ended with Hydra is going to be the villain. And, you know, it became a little bit uh, played out when Hydra was seemingly the villain of every season somehow. But now that we've kind of gone away from them, it might be uh, reasonable to now go back to them in the last season. So it's interesting that Hydra is the villain because this is, this is pre-World War II, so this is pre-Cap. So this is pre-Red yeah. Skull. It's even pre-Nazi. It's pre-Nazi. Yeah, this is pre-Red pre Skull. And we're getting Hydra. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so yeah. That's very fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, you're, you're combining like robot slash alien with Hydra with 1930s yeah. uh agent of shield is not shy of trying to trying anything and like i said like they've earned my trust to the point where i just say all right tell me your story and i'm just gonna ride with you uh they've earned that right with what they've done and what they've accomplished for so many seasons going to now final seventh season it's just uh i do i did watch the trailer and i i can't say i was like oh man i gotta see that tomorrow i'm kind of like okay how is this gonna all play out Cause yeah. you start this trail in 1931 and then all this other stuff I see missiles being shot and all this stuff that looks like is more current and I'm like I, what did I just watch definitely seemed a little disjointed but um but I guess I know I feel like they shot a lot of it or at least some of it I, I got the impression that you know whatever they shot with like that scene was like probably a full up part of a full episode that's already done and maybe the other stuff was like pieces of things they're still trying to put together right um, so right now we're about to talk about uh, uh, um, what's the name? Legion. Um, Agents of uh, that's what Legion. Legion. I'm sorry. We're about to talk about Legion, but uh, Kendall uh, you, Kendall didn't see Legion this week, so Kendall won't be part of this portion of the podcast. But Kendall, any last words before we uh, let you go? Uh, nah. I mean, just just stick around. I know a lot of you, a lot of people are now going to be like, you know, have to have to. Stop listening now that Kendall's gone, but <laughs> stick around and listen to these two guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's good to talk to you as always, and we'll be talking to you next week. Yep. All right. So uh, in talking about these last two episodes of Legion, um, I'd say it was, a pretty, it was a pretty solid finish to the season. I think that uh, this season certainly gave us a lot more of Charles Xavier than I anticipated. I didn't think so much of the story would hinge on him and his lack of involvement in David's childhood being the kind of just the, the precipice for what why David is way, the way he is. At least the way David kind of and Charles kind of rationalized David's life. I thought the way they, they kind of had them in the wrath was pretty interesting and cool. I thought the actor that played Charles Xavier was really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought he really had the kind of beats that made sense. But I also thought he played a good role of kind of being really unsure. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Charles really, you know, he's had these powers for a little bit of a while, but he doesn't really know what to do with them or what, how, like, how far he can go with these powers. But you right. see kind of his moral compass is still there. Like, when David starts to show, like, his worst traits, when David starts to get angry and David starts to, wants to get a little bloodthirsty, like, he kind of is like, he just, him as a person, he's just like, yo, chill. 
Like, like, no, we ain't gonna kill. Like, you, you gotta calm down. Like, right. and I kind of, I thought that he just played that role really well. Um, I do feel like sometimes Legion just gets sometimes it's too weird for its own sake. I think the time travel thing just. I don't think I ever really. And they never really explained it. I feel like, like the girl and you know her father, like what they became at what she became after she left the old vessel to become the timekeeper, for lack of a better term, and what that entailed. Like when she was like, "I do one more thing," and then she went with the father. I was like, "No, no, I want to follow her." Like what? What was she doing this whole time? Like I don't know if I ever really fully mm. gauged a little bit of what her journey was. She kind of like. Ironically, David says, like, oh, she's nobody. I mean, and, and Charles like, well, nobody's nobody. Um, but I do kind of feel like they kind of didn't give her enough of a payoff, being that we so much of the story is kind of told from her perspective. Yeah, I feel like Legion, I feel like Legion, they do that. Switch. Yeah, I feel like Legion uh, does that a lot. I mean, they did, it, they did the same thing with Oliver and Melanie. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were just in that other yeah, world. We don't it's know like, what that was how did they get there? What are they going to do? Is that just their life now? They yeah. just... Was that did that even happen? Now mm-hmm. is that is that an alternate reality? Like what? So it's very very confusing. Um, uh, but uh, but I I enjoyed the finale uh, or the 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 series finale. I guess now since the show is no longer running, mm-hmm. um, I I thought it was decent. I liked the conclusion with Farouk and Charles. Did you think that Farouk? Farouk, he really, he truly to me at the end by the end he's truly redeemed. Do you think that it's believable and that it's earned? Kind of no. I feel like you're the you're the one who said on this show that you were like, I don't know. I just feel like he's so, so a person that should not be. He's untrustworthy, and and that anytime he's around, I maybe it was kind of. I thought it was you, but no, it was me. Yeah, I feel like it is. Be- I feel like it. it the, him in- encountering the old Farouk made it more believable. Right. And how he explained it, because you kind of see the old fruits like he's just evil. Yeah, he's a messed up dude. He's just evil. <laughs> like um, this new Farouk is clearly not nearly as evil um, for whatever reason. Which I, you know, he says it's because he loves David. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it is interesting how he kind of rationalized it by saying all of the pain and suffering David went through, like I went through. Right. Yes. It just seems odd because it feels like, at what point did he have agency in in creating that suffering? Like he's yeah. in David's head, and and he described it as a prison at one point. But it, it also seemed, but he also went there willingly, and it was clear that he made David's life a living hell because of an vendetta he had against Charles that we now see was like, it was petty on a level that's like kind of crazy. Like yeah. Charles existed, and therefore he wanted to destroy him. Yep. Um, so as you said, his evilness is, is knows no bounds. I, it, you know, it is odd to me. It is still, I mean, I am still trying to wrap my head around him being like, man, I went through a lot being in this kid's head and I grew to love him and care about him a lot. And I hope, I wish that this didn't go the way it did. Yeah. The moment was so powerful to see him sitting there with Charles Xavier talking this out, knowing the long-standing rivalry these two have in, like, the comic book lore. Like, like I think we all were anticipating this massive showdown between uh, Charles and the Shadow King. And I kind of think that it kind of was really smart of Noah Harley 
to kind of like be like have David say like, oh yeah, you're gonna have this crazy actual plane fight, but that's not the fight you're gonna fight because it's not it's not you're not gonna win because he's gonna look at you win, but instead he's just gonna go and torment me. Mm-hmm. And like I thought that's kind of almost like Noah telling the audience like I know what you expect based on like David doing his chalk writing of what happened and how he became the way he became, but that's not what you're gonna get here. We're gonna get something totally different. And they were powerful scenes. Yeah, the scenes of him showing old Farouk what he did to David, and then him uh, talking to Charles, man to man, the way he did. Those were those were just those are those were really strong scenes. They some were. of the strongest scenes of the, of the show to me. They because even though the show is very trippy, even those scenes are trippy in some way. They the emotion was so straightforward. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's what this show does that they're able to drive home the emotion of situations, even if you don't fully understand what is happening. Yeah. Um, I feel like this show had a solid, a very solid ending. I feel like uh, it didn't seem, I mean, to a, to an extent, it did seem abrupt because they only had three seasons, but it felt well rounded, mm-hmm. and it felt like it felt like they were leading up to this all along. So I, uh, it didn't feel like any, they were cut off or in, in on some ridiculous cliffhanger or or anything like that. Like this is it. They told the story they wanted to tell, and this is the end of it. Um, uh, do you have any desire to see Legion in anything else going forward? Um, like you mean Legion, the character, the character, or, or uh, no? I mean Legion was not a character even before when they announced the show. I was like on the fence about it because I, I knew Legion, but I just was like, he's not really someone I'm that interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, not for me. I'm not. I'm not super interested in any more Legion. And but part of that also is because I feel like you know this first go around was like the definitive run for the for this character. I think this is going to be the most iconic. Uh, this is going to be the most iconic portrayal of the character. Yeah, even beyond anything we've seen in the comics. Like this is this is when people think of Legion and think for super super combo fans. Like I think now you're going to think about this television show that was critically acclaimed and really well done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have much of a desire to see him anymore. But it's not just I don't dislike him. I just think that we've seen a great take on him. I don't think really anything else beyond this. I think I don't know how I would feel about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say I kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I wouldn't mind if Legion showed up in something else. Like, if for whatever reason the Marvel... Uh, team, the Marvel team, Feige's team said, listen, I think Legion would fit well here or, or whatever. Um, I mean, now that they own the character, I have no problem with that. Uh, I don't know where he would fit, but uh, I'm now much more intrigued in the character. Noah Hawley did a great job of portraying him. So and I'm now very much more interested in, 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 in uh, and hopeful that maybe we get more portrayals of the character going forward. Um, uh, but I, I'm with you in that I wasn't even really expecting this uh, portrayal. So, um, but uh, still, hats off to the creator. I mean, Noah Hawley. Um, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, it did get very trippy. I mean, we also had a, we had to have a song <laughs> in this series, the season finale. So we had a song. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I overall I really I really enjoyed it. So like when he was when he was. Fighting old Farouk, mm-hmm. and he's in that straight jacket. Is, is 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 he actually listening to his mother's lullaby that the baby she was giving to the baby? Like how was that? I don't know. I don't know what was going. That on. was like crazy. 
Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I'm not even going pre- to show. I'm not even going to pretend to know. I think sometimes, I think sometimes, like I think they do that on purpose. I think they want it to kind of be your own interpretation. Right. But we know time was collapsing upon. Yeah, itself. time was collapsing. Yeah. So I did feel like that might have been an instance where like David the baby and David the grown man were both being serenaded by mm. the mother in a time of crisis and. The older day was able to get out of it because of that. Because of that, and it's something he just he never Mem- really had because of that memory that didn't yet happen technically. Yes, exactly. Uh, I see. Yeah, that could that absolutely could be what happened. Yeah, because of their because the, especially since the, the the fight he was in, they were happening simultaneously, and he was losing both of them simultaneously. Uh, right. I did kind of feel like, like yes, Farouk and. And Xavier being like the last kind of encounter and the, the last significant encounter for David in the show seemed right. It did still to me feel like a showdown between him and Sid should have come to fruition. It never really did. Like Sid, like, and then Sid kind of explains that in the episode, like she learned very quickly that her mission, she had a different mission in this whole thing than what she maybe anticipated. Like she came yeah. to the conclusion that I can save the world by saving this baby. I mean, he's so powerful. Like, yeah, I mean, he pulled up on that ship and she was like, "Yeah, I, I can't do anything." I mean, yeah, that's take, the only thing you're gonna get out of here and take the girl. So, whatever. yeah, I mean, that's the only thing with that is I, I guess mean, he's he's just so powerful. Just from the season, just in the season premiere, you have her her killing him multiple times. It just yeah. seemed like, oh, that confrontation is inevitable. And the fact that we never got that confrontation again, and in fact, there were multiple times in the season finale, or the season, the last two episodes, where it's clear that pursuit is happening, and then we never get that moment. I was a little disappointed in that. Okay. Um, I mean, I hear you, but I'm also not upset. I'm not upset because I like what they did. I like the the swerve in that the focus became more on Charles and Fruit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am glad that that they they focus more on that um, because as you know I was having I was having just some issues with the the plot that they had set <laughs> that they had set in the beginning anyway yeah where Farouk was on their team and they were all trying to get David and it's like I'm just like this is what, this is what we're doing for the season but I like what they did um, towards that yeah Farouk's an interesting guy the more I think about him I'm just trying to still try to come to grips with that, like, at the end of the day, he did want what was best for David. Because, I mean, he was por- working as part of a team that was, was trying to was kill trying him. To kill him. Yeah. So the question becomes, I mean, he's so powerful. Is that, could he have just been like, I'm going to stick with this team that's trying to kill him because I'd rather be close to people trying to kill him than be far away, and I can control the situation. Like, would mm. he have tried to find a way to get them not to kill him? Right. Or did he just feel like, I, I mean, I don't want to kill him, but this is the only chance we have. And then once he got put in a situation where Charles was in the picture again, he's like, well, now I actually can save his life because I can right. actually talk to him and talk to Charles and now I talk to my old self and, and see um, how that works. I, I, I will say the old Farouk portrayal and how they just, like, set him up and everything, I thought was fantastic. I thought seeing those kids. Um, yeah, that was crazy. That's Farouk. Yeah. That's the Shadow King. Yeah, that him was, having that was those crazy. having those orphans controlling them and having all those people locked in their heads. locked in their heads. I mean, that was and how they they visually showed that. Man, that was great. I mean, if you're a Shadow King fan, you know anything about the X Men? Like, you couldn't ask for anything more in terms of what 
you wanted to see from the Shadow King. Like their portrayal has obviously been very trippy based on just the whole show being that situation. But seeing that true Shadow King by the yeah. time you get to the final episodes, like that was worth the price of admission of saying with the season with the show for three seasons. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean how they did the Shadow King on the show was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. From start to end. So I you know <laughs> Uh, I didn't know what to expect from the show going into it when they first announced it, but I I'm extremely satisfied with how they how they finished it. And a big shout out to uh, Carrie. I thought that that was a yeah, really shout out. that was a really sweet ending to that character too. Um, I never quite figured out what the deal was with the character, but then I kind then it kind of dawned on me. Oh, I kind of at at times I kind of thought that that was the situation. But then you say, "Oh yeah, these are these were different people at some point. Somehow they got come, they came together, because Carrie, the man, is the person who's most in charge. Like that kid is not out very much, therefore they're not growing as fast. Mm. So when they get to the point where they're now equal, and and they're separated and equal in age, now they are actual siblings and not like okay, you're just like a part of me. It was oh man, that was a really touching scene." I, it was. There were a lot of really nice scenes in this in this show in this episode. Uh, these last two episodes, uh, I thought it was a really nice finish. Um, I I, I did. Charles is so good because in some in one sense, I kind of was like waiting for Charles to be like, man, like, like you're crazy, dude. Like, like you're like you've done some really bad stuff. Like you need serious help but like Charles but at the same time like Charles also is like the kind of guy who's just like he's like he's a reformer he's not he's not the kind of guy that's gonna be like you're a cycle to the curb yeah he's always the guy I'm gonna try to help especially when he feels responsible right so like I could see so I could see someone looking at this saying like how would Charles Xavier be like okay even if this is his son that his son has killed people his son has been buck wild like but I think he looked at his son's full journey because the way they're able. To, I thought it was cool how you could be like, "Hey, learn knowledge. They can give you food or give you glasses. You can see things and know things." But like, like him seeing what he got, went through, I think he he's able to have a level of compassion that most people just don't have, and it was what makes him Charles Xavier. Which is why I thought this portrayal was so good. I just thought it was really. I never once felt like it was someone doing a cheap imitation or someone. Who didn't? Who was just doing their own? Yeah, not once was I. I felt like this was Charles Xavier. I didn't feel like Noah Harley like did anything crazy to try to make this feel like anything that wasn't what we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I wasn't like, "Where's McAvoy? Give me McAvoy." I didn't say that that once while I was watching it. So yeah, because sometimes um, you get these shows like we saw it in Gotham. We've seen it in a bunch of shows where you get like iconic characters, but like they have no the person decided to take a very different take on them because of whatever. And we all know Harley has a super weird take on this entire universe that he created he could have ever very easily been like my charles xavier is you know a drunk and shoots people or whatever he could have done anything and he stuck that xavier and put him in this wild crazy world and it just was beautiful it made me wish that xavier was more involved in the show to be honest but i mean this was the only way you could have really done it I i would have loved to have seen a future scene with like a future charles xavier I think that was always that was missing. That would have been nice. I agree. Um, but overall, I'm satisfied with what we got with regards to to Charles Xavier. Um, I feel like it was. I feel like put having him in the third season uh, was good, and that Charles Xavier episode was also very good. 
I feel like that maybe. Yeah, I feel like that maybe. Jenny, like that maybe a Jenny, 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 yeah. Jenny nominee. Yeah, I feel like that maybe Jenny would be. That was a fantastic episode. Um, and I just love this show. I love the way the show tackled mental health, and mm-hmm. um, it like it's just and to do it from a, like a superhero lens is just very or a super powered lens, however you want to call it. Like it's just it's it's very unique, and I think the show asks a lot of philosophical questions. I think it was kind of funny, like having like uh, Sid and Carrie kind of do the baby Hitler conversation yeah. about David. Um, that was that was I thought a nice touch, like and I thought it was. I thought Carrie being like, "Oh, just kill the baby." I thought that made sense. Like that was that was that was I liked that a lot. Yeah, that was smart. Yeah, they they did a lot of uh, cool things, but just um, I I think Harley's like. You know his theories on time time travel, his theories on mental illness, were all really cool. And I think he visually told them in a, in a really cool way. So uh, this is a great show, man. It's a great show. Uh, I feel like I'm fine that it's ending. Like sometimes you get shows like, oh man, it's over. You got the only three seasons. But like I, I feel like this show told its story. Like I feel like we we and I don't feel like we were short changed much. I've mentioned a couple of things I thought I wish we would have seen, but. For the most part, I feel like whatever the story that Noah kind of started out with in the beginning and how it ended was great. I think that at the end of the day, yes, you would have liked to have seen David get a chance at a real childhood, a real life, and now he has a chance. And then the, it stares the question of, you know, obviously he had, like, superpower situations happen to him, but it's like, is something as simple as having your father around uh, a remedy for some of the mental illness problems he has, or is it just a nature-nurture thing, or is it just he is who he is? And that's something that we won't know, unfortunately, but it's a great open-ended question to end the show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I feel like, um, you know, we got the this, this, this seasons that we got. He told the story he wanted to tell. And I feel like it's ending at the right time. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, uh, I mean, I feel like he maybe could have done one more season, but. I mean, once you tell Professor X's story, I mean that's really all. That's really all there is to the story. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm satisfied, and I'm glad it was a happy ending as well. I was hoping it wouldn't be some tragic, horrible ending. So, well, I think that's a wrap for this week's show, guys. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. We do a show every week. Uh, mostly we tape on Sundays. Uh, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. We shot a bunch of stuff this weekend, so you'll be seeing that stuff go up periodically throughout the week. So keep your eyes out on that YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and, uh, and Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us on uh, on Twitter. I'm at EJ underscore Stewart and Instagram at Action EJ. And Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. Once again, that does it for now, but we will be back with more Hero Talk for Shamari, for Kendall. Shout out to him for being on the show this week. Uh, I'm EJ. Peace.